Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective bonus content and another edition of The Retrospectors. Each episode, I invite a guest whom I may be really close with or haven't spoken to in a long time to talk about a movie that they love or means a lot to them for any matter of reasons. And as we discuss their film of choice, we strengthen the bonds of friendship. And in doing so, we officially welcome them into the spectral realm as a, get this, retrospector, ho, 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 and a member of the RCR family. This week, delighted to be joined by Davey Willen. Hello, sir. Can I talk now? You may, I'll allow it. Hello! Hello. I, I didn't know I had. A, I was going to get a title, a retrospector. I like that. I know. So, I mean, you've officially, you've been on the podcast many times, but now you're, mm. you will officially become a retrospector after today. I'm going to add excited. this to my uh, Tinder profile. You better. Oh, man, that'll get all the honeys, you know? Or the men, whatever you're preferring, Davey, over there these days. I don't it's, know. It's, it's honeys right now. Okay, cool. And as um, has, has, has it's been previously. Um, how you doing, buddy? You excited? Tinder's going bad. Oh, <laughs> oh but how am I? Um, sorry, I'm doing great. <laughs> Wonderful. Great save. Um, so yeah, I'm doing a little something different with you today, focusing in on a movie in particular. We'll get to that in a bit. But um, Davey, how do we know each other first and foremost, sir? Carter, um, we know each other in the year 2012. Wow. Um, great movie. Did Good that movie, movie come out that year? No, it came out in 2009. Oh. Whoa. Oh, wow. Um, anyway, we met in uh, high school <laughs> nice. in 2012. Yeah, we've known each other for 10 years. How about that? Wow. Feels like a lot. Wow. You know, genuinely, pretty much a little. Yeah, in August, probably. That's wild. Yeah, you drove me in your car once and we were listening to Aerosmith, and I remember it well. It's good times. Wow. Uh huh. I remember when I almost I got us killed. By an ambulance. Yeah, good times, you know, memories, you know. Uh, <laughs> but we, we've been friends for a decade. We have indeed. Uh, we've seen a lot of movies together, watched a lot of stuff together, good and bad. Recently, most recently, bad stuff. You show me bad stuff quite yeah. often, but, you know, it's fun. So, so today been. we're talking about planes, fire, and rescue. <laughs> I would kill myself. Anyway, <laughs> um, so... What's your relationship to movies, Davey? Um, the people might know a little bit, having listened to previous episodes with you, but what are you? Are you a casual guy? Are you like a, a film buff or somewhere in between? What, what's your vibe? I would say films? I'm closer to being a film buff on the spectrum of film viewership, but yeah. I'm not as close as you. Gotcha. Um, well, mine's so a like, curse. I love like, movies. I watch a lot of them, but... I haven't seen like 24. You're like 24, right? Uh, Yeah, somewhere around there. Yes. Almost to 2,500. Very exciting. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought you were at 24 total. Uh, Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess in theory. I'm like Dwight Schrute. What does he say? Like, yes, I've seen I've seen over 200 of them. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. You're the Dwight Schrute of our friend group. Um, uh, I don't know if I love that, but yeah. something I was wasn't supposed to tell you, but that's uh, fine. Keep talking behind my back, please. Um, <laughs> um, um, okay, fantastic. Yes, as I said, we watched a lot of movies together. Like we'll see like mm-hmm. weird movies together too, and like the movies that people wouldn't see together. We saw Parasite together. I do remember that. Yeah, that good movie. Davy, would you like to tell the people what movie you have chosen today? We're talking about in honor of an upcoming television show. We thought it would be fun. Um, talk about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. You want to get out of here? 
Our rebellion is all that remains to push back the Empire. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right. How many do I need? They are requesting a call sign. It's, um, Rogue. Rogue One. The power that we are dealing with here is immeasurable. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebels on you. Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Oh, baby. I'm excited. I really like this movie, like a lot. I revisited it uh, a couple weeks ago and I was like, wow. This Same. Thing, this thing's a banger. It still holds up. Um, for those who don't know Star Wars, it takes right, right before the first um star wars movie where the rebels are trying to steal the plans to the death star so the rebels can blow it up um, mm-hmm. um it came out in 2016 Yeet. directed by gareth edwards saved by tony gilroy um <laughs> sorry gare um yeah. really liked godzilla and by really liked i mean i saw it um, <laughs> yeah, um that's, stars that's a, that's a Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, uh, Felicity mm-hmm. Jones as Jin Erso, um, Alan Tudyk as uh, K2SO, Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma, who is barely in it, but I feel compelled to mention her. <laughs> yeah, she deserves a shout out. Um, uh, oh my gosh, so many other actors. I can help you out. Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Uh, Riz Ahmed, Donnie Yen. Um, who am I missing? Forrest Whitaker and uh, Gian- uh, Gian- Gwen. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and um, Peter Cushing's ghost. <laughs> His ghost. His likeness. Yeah, yes. that's good stuff. Um, yes. Let me fill in just a few of the blanks for the people, because I want to talk about the people that wrote this movie and how it was kind of saved, because the people involved were uh, an interesting mix of people. Um, I have some of their credits. Um, I don't know if you know some of their previous work. You probably know the Tony Gilroy stuff, but um, mm-hmm. some of the stuff is is fun. So first credited writer is Chris Weitz. Um, and this man, uh, Davey, Twilight New Moon. Uh, no way. Yeah, way. Uh, Cinderella. <laughs> uh, the new, the Kenneth Branagh Cinderella. Um, ants, everyone's favorite movie about ants that came out in 1998. Honestly, um, the best movie you said so far. So. Yeah. About a boy. He was nominated for an Oscar for that one. Hugh Grant has a little boy. Good stuff there. Um, the Golden Compass. It's not great. There is cool. a cool scene where two polar bears are fighting and one like rips the other's lower jaw off. That's sick. I'll watch just for that. And that scene was written by Chris Weitz. And then uh, finally, a movie I just watched for the first time uh, recently, the Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio movie. He's a credited writer on as well. Hmm. Mm, not good. Um, so that's the first one. And then, of course, Tony Gilroy, who comes in and saves this movie, which we'll talk about later. Um, obviously wrote the Bourne movies, um, and he won an Oscar for Michael Clayton. So that's pretty hype. Um, John Knoll, this one was interesting because he's like a VFX guy, right? Yeah. He like won an Oscar for dead man's chest. Yeah. He came on stage at one of celebrations and was just talking about how 
he had this idea. And so he just walked into Kathleen Kennedy's office and was like, you know, that sentence in the opening crawl of Star Wars where it says the rebels just stole something. What if we did a movie about that? And then Um, Kathleen was like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. We need we need to hire that Mr. White's guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that Twilight New Moon guy in here to write the script. Great stuff. Uh, but yeah, he's a credited writer, and he did like VFX for the prequels too, right? Like he was yeah. heavily involved with that. His story is cool. He was like a teenager who was interested in VFX, and he just like wrote and then showed up to their office one day, mm-hmm. and then um, bugged them until they hired him. <laughs> That's pretty hype. That's the American dream, right? That's what you're trying to do. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. So far, just t- a couple restraining orders. Not allowed <laughs> in San Francisco. Well, you know, you don't want to live there, I don't think. Anyway, yeah. I-, I digress. And then the final one is uh, Gary Whitta, uh, who yes. wrote Book of Eli and my favorite M. Night Shyamalan film, After Earth. Uh, well, uh, yeah. And then he wrote some Walking Dead video games. So power to him. Good for him. He's written some other Star Wars stuff. He's fine. Well, good. He's fine. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it sounds like Tony Gilroy is the is the man that made this what it was. So why have you chosen this movie today? What circumstances led you to Rogue One today? So one, I just like big Star Wars guy, big uh, Rogue One guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andor's coming out. The yeah. show about one of the main characters in Rogue One, Cassian Andor. It's a show about how he becomes uh, the spy who we see in the movie. I felt it was appropriate to talk not only about a movie and a franchise that I love, but a thematically appropriate one. How about you, man? You good podcasting right there, Davey staying relevant. I love it. Mm -hmm. Look at me. I can't, you don't have your video on, so I can't look at you, but I believe you. I believe you. Oh, I was just going to say, I'll send you a pic later. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Um, And you just recently saw Rogue One and IMAX, correct? Yes, they re-released it in IMAX, um, which was a cool experience because um, actually, fun fact for the listeners out there, ah. Carter and I saw Rogue One in IMAX on opening night mm. um, when it first came out, and now it re-released, and then Carter and I didn't see it together this time, but I did <laughs> separately. Um, but it was cool because they showed Rogue One in IMAX, they brought it back, and then they had a 10-minute preview of Andor in front of it. Um, so that was fun to see everything on the big screen. Very hype. And when the first time we saw it, was that a um, was that one of the times we were interviewed for the news? Yeah, we that happens. We got times. on the news. That was the time was, you and I were on there. Yeah, I was in my Chewbacca onesie. Um, right. I was in my Han Solo costume. Yeah, and so Great we stuff. we got on the local or the big city news channel. Um, <laughs> there's clips well, of it somewhere. Oh yeah, I've got some videos saved somewhere, but uh. Yeah, so that was the first time we saw the movie. It was really cool. We had a, a nice squad of people with us, I think, for that yeah. day. So it was a good time. So I thought I would dive in, Davey, for us. You already kind of alluded to it. So again, great podcasting on your part of how the movie came to be. And uh, it all starts with our guy, John Knoll. As, as you mentioned, he was a visual effects supervisor for the prequels. Pitched the idea as an episode of the unproduced series Star Wars Underworld. Are you familiar with that series? I am. George Lucas, years ago, also, uh, not to be a contrarian, but you mentioned John Knoll was a VFX supervisor for the prequels. Well, you know. Not me. You, I, uh, am, I am we. We are we are one, baby. Thank yes. you for the credit, though. But You're yeah, welcome. so George Lucas, around the time in the mid-late 2000s, wanted mm. to do a big-budget live-action Star Wars show, yes. um, Underworld. Unfortunately the budget was too big 
Um, so mm. they probably wrote some, I don't know if they filmed any like concrete footage, but it was just too expensive to take off at the time. Technology was too far out of reach. Yeah. Um, he could probably make it easily today if he wanted, but I don't yeah, know if he's, he's busy being in his seventies or eighties. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it says that uh, he had to repitch the idea. Cause like they, they were like, I'll chill with it back in the day, but then like the budget was big, but they repitched it after Disney bought them. Cause then he was like, Oh, maybe mm-hmm. we can actually make this happen. Um, so then it, uh, it, he pitched it. And like you said, Kathleen was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And in uh, May of 2014, Disney announced our guy, Godzilla's own Gareth Edwards, um, would direct the film. And Gary Widow would write the script. And then uh, that October, they got Greg Frazier cinematography, which we'll talk about later. Like, holy shit, the yes. cinematography is incredible. Um, and then uh, and then in January of 15, it was revealed that Widow had completed his work on the script, but would no longer be with the project. So, like, I don't think he was actually mm-hmm. involved in the everything that came to be with success so maybe like his script was bad i don't know but then as we signed on our guy chris whites of twilight new moon fame and then the rest is history and then tony gilroy would come and do rewrites we'll talk about that in a little bit but that's kind of how the film uh came to be in in our world so i'm excited because it'd be interesting to see like what would happen if they just hired tony gilroy from the jump and we're kind of getting that now yeah which i'm very excited about yeah this movie just was great because they seem to hire all the right people on the technical side of things like the sound the just the visuals everything was good anyway sorry that's way in the future of the podcast well i'm jumping uh, in too deep that's all right let's just dive in now because i want to ask what really what for you what really works in this movie like why why is this movie popping off oh man it's big like it visually is just huge. Um, like some of the shots are just like an epic scale. And like, I know they got people that worked on like true war movies before this and like mm-hmm. these big scale and Gareth Edwards to his credit, um, like Godzilla was also another big visual movie. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so they got people who could handle like these larger scale. They wanted a more gritty war movie mm-hmm. than the previous fantasy um, of Star Wars yeah um it is kind of cool like thinking about like his like he did godzilla like he he really treats like the death star as godzilla in this movie yeah like the way it's shot like when you see it you're like holy shit like the shot of the star destroyer and then it like pans out and you can see the death star behind it yeah Yeah. it's incredible like that whole opening sequence too is beautiful like the star destroyer coming out of the shadows and everything the death star like showing up above Jeddah. yeah all of that is just like gorgeous. The Vader reveal, even like, too. yeah, I was like, spoilers. <laughs> so, well, you know, six years later, you know, um, when Jetta's being blown up too, and they're like flying away, and the ship is small, yeah, and like the huge, like the, the whole ground is like coming up behind them. Is it's yeah. just a very pretty movie, yeah. Um, it's like, an unlike epic anything, scale. yeah, unlike I've anything I've seen in Star Wars, and like Greg Frazier is a big part of that. Who did who just yeah. won an Oscar for Dune, just like to put in perspective, yeah. like the work he does. That was one of the things I had written down too. It's just like gorgeous. Like, he might go back to back. Well, not back to back, he might go back to back for Dune movies though, if he, he could. keeps up the work on Dune too. For me, like the gritty dark side of Star Wars that we don't really get to see on the big screen, like. Yeah, we get a little of it in like Revenge of the Sith and like Empire, you know, but like 
not like a Vietnam War movie, like this yeah. movie is. Like, it sets the tone really early. Like Cassian, like this is supposed to be like our oh, hero. Yeah. Like shoots that guy like in the beginning of the movie. He's like his like oh, ally. Oh, you can't walk. <laughs> Sorry about your brother. Yeah, it it's also such a yeah. It, like you said, it's totally so different from the rest of the Star Wars, which isn't like a good or bad it just is what it is yeah. i really like it i know some people like are clamoring for like we need the grittiest star wars possible and i'm like we got like one star wars at its core like the saga film they're supposed to be like kids fantasy movies but like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we got that in rogue one we got mm-hmm. like the grittier side um and we're getting that in a couple more weeks too yeah. um and it just it just is crazy how well that it translates yeah it's yeah like the tone like everyone again another spoiler like everyone dies right yeah. and somehow it like creates stakes in a prequel like which is very difficult to do and... i was <laughs> in the imax the screening uh-huh. it, there's like a montage of sort of main character deaths it's mm-hmm. not like a montage but it ha- they all happen pretty close to each other yeah um and <laughs> as the storm i told you the story on the phone mm-hmm. but the st- there's this woman who was sitting next to me and as one of the characters uh he's on a ship and someone tosses a grenade into the ship which causes it to blow up and she like starts sobbing and yells holy shit <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just like yeah you're like yeah apparently we she'd never seen it but like it really does like it's one of those moments because like it's it is like when you zoom out it's a disney movie uh-huh. and yeah. y- you often have happy endings um and people live happily ever after mm-hmm. and <laughs> that is just not the case no like every single person dies like every yeah. everyone in the cast we just listed dies by the end of the film and yeah. uh I, yeah that's just like really strong and uh, again, genevieve like, o'reilly's mon mothma sorry she's dead to me though so <laughs> yeah that's true um yeah and her deleted scenes in episode three rip um oh, sorry yeah i have one that so this is the first of like it was the first of like side movies they were doing, mm, yeah. And so it's all, essentially all new characters. There's like a couple whatever like Bon Mothma was in six whatever, mm-hmm. but it's essentially all new characters, and it works how well that I cared by the end that they were dying. Yes, yeah. Um, I was shocked like that it's like six or seven characters that I all I had like attached to and i was sad by the end i was like please don't kill everyone and then everyone dies and i'm just progressively getting sadder throughout my watching (laughs) even on repeat watches like i know it's coming i'm like you could just spare one of them this time yeah Um, even like the like the blue squadron pilots that go down there like yeah even those poor guys and and you hear them screaming um and it's just like this is brutal. Everyone on that planet dies. The cool aliens die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one cool who's like the gorilla, like the short gorilla. Yeah, guy with- who's like firing the minigun on the ship. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, the like the ability to create stakes in a prequel, like with and us to care about these characters, is really impressive. Um, I have like clearing up one of the biggest plot holes in cinematic history, like one of the biggest goofs um that like oh there just happened to be like a little hole in the death star but like the fact that they like made this plot hole like that that was put there on purpose by an inside guy i think is really cool yeah like really retcon star wars in a meaningful way and not like uh Mm -hmm. not in like a like a weird marvel way where like retconning things so i thought that was effective also a shout out to them for getting like real actors to do these smaller roles like 
Ben yeah. Mendelsohn and Mads Mikkelsen and Forrest Whitaker coming in to do these like impactful yeah. roles and like killing it is super impressive. And they all did a great job. Um, yeah. And Mads, Mads Mikkelsen was the, the scientist who put in the, mm-hmm. the whole, the, the, the calculated problem with the Death Star so the Rebels could blow it up. Yes. So Mads Mikkelsen, the hero of Star Wars, confirmed. I mean, yes. Yes. And the hero of me and the hero of uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts, of course. Definitely a movie that I haven't seen, but I still am sure he's the hero of um, Another Round. True. That movie movie. where they all drink. And then that one guy. Sorry. Spoilers for Another Round. (laughs) He dies. Not mad. Not mad. But his for anyway. (laughs) Anyway, one of the best ending sequences you'll ever see in a film. Won't spoil that. But oh, yeah. Oh, um, in another round. I thought you meant. I was like Rogue One. Also, I really oh, like oh, the yeah. sequence. Oh yeah, we'll get to but, that. Uh, um, yeah, I agree about another round. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we digress. Um, then my final thing is uh, just diversity in Star Wars. Um, yes. There's so much diversity in this movie, and mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty. There's cool a woman. See. There's a woman, and she's the lead. Who would have thought? And, I know, uh, and there's non-white people also i do love for like the this is regressive but for the white cast who's like on the rebel base mm-hmm. that they made them get like 70s facial hairstyles <laughs> yeah to like fit in with the, the original star wars aesthetic so seeing like that beautiful just mustache on blue leader is just oh, yeah. kind of amazing it's nice they got um, the game of thrones guy there to be the um what's the the guy with the beard what i don't know his name in the, in the trilogy oh yeah the guy that like gives the Death Star rundown attack thing, and yeah. he's there. Yeah, all that is yeah. It, t- it sets you right back in the in the times of the seventies. So that is fun. Um, anything else that works for the movie other than we're gonna dive into like performances and favorite scenes and stuff here in a second? Uh-huh. Apparently, um, and I'm pretty sure this is true. The trench run they do, you know that trench you can see on the Death Star. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's not the same trench. Yeah, They're on a different trench, like on the top of the Death Star. Oh, fun. Because I know there's like a bunch of like footage that they found in like the archives that they used from yeah. episode seven with all the like the the rebel pilots from that movie. So that's episode also four? a cool thing. Episode four, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's actually one of the things I was gonna say worked is the blending of modern and old for me. I know a lot of people had problems with some of it. Um but like, I like the archive footage of the pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, I like really... the Easter egg where we see Red Five and he dies, so Luke can have him days later. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that works really well. I think. What's this plot hole? Why is there not a Red Five already? Let's, Let's clean... fix that. <laughs> Let's clear that up. Um, but then, w- I was shocked at how good Tarkin looked when I resaw mm, yeah. the movie. Like it has been a little bit since I've seen it. But he legitimately, like, if I didn't know Peter Cushing was dead, um, you think that was a real guy? I would have at least not been jumped immediately to like, wow, that's computer. Um, yeah. Leia's a little worse. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Um, but like, I saw it with my parents, and they they were in this like, my parents were just did not know what was happening because they're older. They had seen more Peter Cushing movies than I have. Mm. Um, you're not a Peter like, Cushing savant, man. Um, wasn't he? No, that's Christopher Lee, or maybe he was in Dracula as well. Um, Couldn't tell you. I don't Sorry. know. No, I haven't seen a single Chris. I haven't <laughs> seen a single Peter Cushing movie other than uh, Star Wars, and I guess Rogue One. Yeah, I know. But like, my parents were just so confused because they were like, "But he's dead," 
And I was like, yeah, that's a computer. And they were like, what? <laughs> so to the older eyes, it's apparently indistinguishable. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's hard to separate that. Like for for us who've like seen that movie many times, like to get someone in there with fresh eyes. So that's good to know. Yeah. Um, cool. It's an interesting thing. They've only done like once or twice more because there was a little bit of backlash. Like they did it in episode nine a little bit um for leia again but they yeah. use leia's daughter this time um mm-hmm. or no, sorry not leia so they use carrie fisher's daughter yeah um, Bill, billy yeah yeah billy lord to mm-hmm. play leia and i thought it was really touching but yeah. i think it's a technique to be used sparingly if at all going forward yeah we'll dig into more of that in a little bit yeah um the moral, like talk about the moral quandaries of rogue one's filming uh-huh. <laughs> yes um let's can we move on to favorite performance even though it's going to be quite difficult um i brought the nominees for you that i would like to to nominate okay. um i've got first well i've got alan tudyk i've got yes. riz ahmed i've Great. got donnie yen i've got forrest whitaker for the little the quick time he has there um ben mendelson felicity jones and diego luna yeah. Wow. Um, no, no mads. You're singing his praises and you, you know, him straight off your list. Like, I think he's doing a fine, fine job. But it's not a performance that sticks out to me. Like he, yeah. I think he's pretty middle of the road, which I think is the point, but it's just not he's serviceable. One. Yeah. And it's just not like the, like, I think like Ben Mendelssohn and like Riz Ahmed to me are the ones that stick out truthfully. Ben eats it up. Yeah. Ben, like he's really going for it. Like he's, he plays. It up. Yeah. Because like, like he's, he's such a talented actor, and when he's in like Star Wars and Marvel stuff, he really has fun, which shows. And you can tell, like I just there they just released a trailer for this like Secret Invasion show, a new Marvel show. Oh yeah, out. and like you can tell, like he's also still having a lot of fun there, and like milking it. So he yeah he really goes for it, and I really appreciate it. Um, and I feel like Riz Ahmed just like does a really good job of being like this this turncoat and like playing both sides and being really nervous and yeah. Like, being unsure of himself too and so like his death was like the most one of the most impactful ones for me because like he immediately gets the job done and then he's gone you can see like a kind of like quiet acceptance when he dies too like he sees the grenade and he realizes that he's done good and he's like i guess sort of atoned Mm because i guess like his character story is that he was working for the empire as a pilot like Mm -hmm. a cargo pilot and then he um, turns coat and helps the rebels discover the plans, and yeah. then he helps the rebels deliver the plans to them. What, what, what about you? Do you have a favorite performance of this cast? Or? I guess this is such a cop out, but like the top two are, I think for me, are Diego and Felicity, or Felicity and Diego, whichever Very order fair. you want to put them in. Women um, first, Davey. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Tudyk is really good as well, but it's an, it's definitely an, a more difficult kind because it is just the classic comedy until the end. When he has those touching moments with um, Jin and yeah. Cassian, he's really, he's Alan Tudyk is such a good actor. But yeah. for me, again, it's Felicity and Diego who rightfully steal the show as the main characters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I'll give an honorable mention to Donnie Yen, which I, I think oh, his yeah. character is just really cool. And um, what's the other guy's, Biz or Baz? Baz? Um, Baze Malbus. Baze, thank you. Um, I like their little dynamic and I like just that side yeah. of, of like the Jedi, like the keepers of the, of the, what are, what are they? They're the keepers of the, the, the guardians of the wills. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was actually George Lucas's first draft or one of his first drafts for star Wars was called like, it was said like from the journal of the wills, which are like these mystical creatures in star Wars. Yes. Um, 
so they're they're related and so anyway that's what donnie yen and um i don't know who plays base Malvis. uh is that not um i don't know uh, his name john you Wen. said it earlier yeah john yes Wen. that's him yes um so that's what those two characters are doing they're like protectors of like the force of different force religion they're fun and then i just like yeah. Force whitaker just is <laughs> whatever he's doing Jin! is just really fun um save the dream yeah. Save. and we're he's getting so more good. of him and andor right we're getting more of we him. are amazing and Alex, he's coming in season two i think okay cool which they're about to begin filming they're all the performances um well my best performance is poor gullet poor gullet <laughs> that yeah. the alien really does his best to make sure that um riz ahmed loses his mind and fails tremendously yeah um I- i'll get to that later because <laughs> i have questions about all that um, it's a weird scene. It is. Um, amazing stuff. Yeah, my, my award's going to Ben Mendelsohn and Riz Ahmed. So I love them a lot. Okay, favorite scene, Davey? I'm going to do something more impactful than this, but a nominee is the Vader scene. Like, yeah, that I is just that a cool down. scene. But, like, my favorite scene, honestly, Jin and Cassian are hugging on the beach right before they die. They're just hugging and they're looking into the, like, the sunset which is actually the death star blast but they're just accepting it and they hug and then they die and it's very touching and it's very moving your father would have been proud of you jen and they save they save the galaxy yeah and then he's like your father would be proud of you that all hits yeah that's that's really good um i i kind of cheated and I just wrote just the entire Scarif battle because oh yeah, I just think like the final like it's basically the final hour of the movie like it's like forty five mm-hmm. minutes like once that's on like I'm locked in every single scene like everything that's happening there is like incredible and it's just like it's like I'm watching like Saving Private Ryan but like yeah on like the beaches of like a tropical like the Maldives right to the Maldives yeah. where they filmed. So beautiful and so cool because like we haven't seen any of that in Star Wars. Like no like fighting in like no. the water on that island. I thought that was really really cool. Like it was um, like gritty boots on the ground stuff because usually we're like with heroes. We're with like Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, or we're with Han Solo, a smuggler extraordinaire. And these are just people. Mm-hmm. These are just people with guns who are fighting for a cause they believe in. Yeah. Um, and then my I have honorable mention for like the Jedi. All the blowing up of Jetta. Like oh yeah, the, the Death Star coming over the sun, like eclipsing the sun. It's so gorgeous yeah. and so ominous. Can you? Imagine? Gosh, some days I wish that would happen to us. <laughs> some days I wish we all blow up. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Uh, it's coming. And yeah. Anyway, um, global warming. Am I right? Anyway, hey, sorry. Um, yeah, and then I have an honorable mention for um, just like when Chirut goes ham. Like on the stormtroopers, yeah. I find that really fun oh, too. Yeah. So like basically Jetta and Scarif are like the ones for me. One scene that I really like that's it's in yours, it's in Scarif, uh-huh. is when um Chirut is beginning to walk. He's like doing the blind walk to mm-hmm. the the button or the He's got a lever flip he has to the, pull. Yeah. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. And the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, and the force is with me. Yeah, and you can hear the emotion in Baze's voice. He's like, Chirrut! Trying to get him to come back. Yeah, um, and just really that good. acceptance. Um, it's all, yeah, 
maybe I'll watch it again tonight. Who knows? I'm starting to want to like the, the more because like it really just hits like every yeah. single scene is like really, really good. It's really strong. OK, so we do this with movies that we love. Um, what could have been better? Just like Nothing. to pick the movies. <laughs> Nothing. It's perfect. Um, we just like to nitpick. I want to start with the Grand Moff Tarkin Leia stuff because yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, I think Tarkin looks really good. And obviously they got like the permissions of like the Peter Cushing estate and everything. Yeah. I don't think the Leia stuff real on the re upon rewatch, like it's, it's quick, but it's very yeah. much like not as emotive as the Grandma one Tarkin. thing I noticed. It's the lips. Her lips look weird. It's yeah. like, especially glossy. And I read one of the things that they did wrong was they got a British actress to do the face modeling. So she says hope differently. Oh, weird. So then Carrie did or would have. So did they um, pull like just did Carrie Fisher ever say the words hope in like the original trilogy? Oh, obviously I she have, did. You're our only hope. Like did oh, they pull yeah. that audio from her or? I have no idea if they like hmm. modulated it or. Because um, Carrie, they could have gotten her to come record that too. She was alive around that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they were filming point. it. That's a good um, Cause like, I know like, cause like the Mark Hamill stuff they do in like Boba Fett and Mandalorian, like he's saying that audio, but they're mixing it or like, are they they're mixing it with it? like younger? And that's the same thing they did with, I think um, Vader in the Obi-Wan show mm, is gotcha. partially sound and then partially like computer modulation. Yeah. We're yeah. getting into a weird era of technology where we can just do anything with anyone. It's scary. Um, and like, it is terrifying. James Dean is like starring in a movie coming out at some point. I like, know th- that's happening. So, and I keep asking producers to use me, use me. Like, um, no, no, no. We're no use dead stars. Yeah. But no one has wanted to use my digital likeness. Well, give it time. It's coming. Trust me. Um, Maybe when I die. Maybe when yeah. the Death Star blows me up. Yeah, perhaps. Um, anything? What could have been better for you? I have a few written down, but I'll let you um, the way if you've got any. So there are books and comics surrounding Rogue One that I've read because uh, I'm a, a big nerd. Um, mm. <laughs> and Krennic's story gets developed way more in those. And it shows mm. like a cool cl- class divide in the Empire that I wish they had gone into because mm. he comes from like poor working class and has like clawed his way up to where he is. And Tarkin is like comes from royalty, essentially ah, on his planet. So he's and scrappy. Like, really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Krennic is really scrappy and Tarkin like looks down on him and thinks he's like a worth like essentially worthless or just a pawn to be used as opposed to being like a competent person who's earned his rank and i think that would have could have helped to fuel or made the um rivalry between them more impactful interesting are we going to get any um krennic and andor you think or is it gosh more... i hope if we do i imagine it'll be season two or like a tease at the end of season one um that could be fun because that would be really cool to see sort of Krennic's rise, yeah, along with Cassian's rise. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh, yeah, that dichotomy would be nice pairing that together. Yeah, interesting. Okay, okay. I wish we had gotten more time with some of the characters, um, mm. but that just means we need a longer movie, which yeah. I'd actually be fine with. Um, I'm that's what I'm saying for these big epic like franchises that I'm into. I think they really need to take time, um, <laughs> yeah, which like in the movies themselves mm-hmm. because i just want to live in them more i want to be got like lost for more of them that's fair that's we just need more spin-off shows for every character yeah that's fine well no maybe we can limit them but just make them make them a little beefy 
You don't want the Mon Mothma origin story? Well, mm. Mm. it's like we had a 30-minute Kenobi episode. I'm like, that's fine. But either just cut that episode or, or just make it long so we can actually, like, because 30 minutes is not a lot to do with these, like, longer stories that they're trying to tell. Gotcha. I'm with you. Especially, especially in Rogue One when you're introducing, like, 10 characters. Yeah. You really need time to, like, properly introduce. How about Rogue One 2? A New Hope. <laughs> I'm into it. I'd love it. I'd love to see that. Beautiful. I'd line up around, line up around the block for it. Um, so we, we mentioned it, the Bodhi Rook stuff. <laughs> with, oh yeah, um, Borgullet. <laughs> so this this little creature is supposed to like drive you crazy, um, and like he's crazy for like a solid ten minutes. Yeah. And then Andor Cassian's like, uh, "You're the pilot, right?" He's like, "Pilot." Oh yeah, yeah, I'm the pilot. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> also, we have no, we have no inclination because the Borgullet, along with driving you crazy, is supposed to like tell if you're telling the truth or like share what you know. Yeah, and we have no idea that that ever happens because yeah, Sagarera is just unconcerned with Bodhi after he's done with the Borgullet. Yeah, that whole scene is pretty confusing. Like, why is it happening? But um, so, it's yeah. like a cool concept. But nothing came but of it. But it is so weird that it's there at all. Maybe we'll get more origin of Borgullet in Andor. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be cool, actually, because we see Saw's in the trailers. Yeah, so maybe we'll get some uh, some Borgullet origins. So that, that could be fun. Um, would, would you watch a 10-episode show called Bor? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but I'd watch a cool. five-episode series. You That's fair. For that. Um uh yeah then maybe the last episode is he realizes oh i actually can't maybe he gaslights people that's poor Golic's thing oh he just tells sagarero what he wants to hear yeah okay interesting we got layers here now i like it then my my last one this is my last qualm and then i'll throw it to you if you have any the rebels are bitches man like they were <laughs> very easily they're like oh, oh yeah, yeah no we can't we're not gonna do that and then it, all it took was like just a little squad to go and then they're like yeah let's do it let's follow him I, was just I like, like to think that, that the ones who were complaining just left and had nothing to do with them. And then like Mon Mothma and the ones who like were like for it were like, okay, this is our rebellion now. But yeah, some of, so many of them were like, oh, dang. Well, I guess we lose. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we're going to be killed. Ooh. But yeah, but then obviously they all come and it's a good time. But yeah. Oh, one I did just think of actually is uh, James Earl Jones, Vader stuff. Um, oh yeah when he's talking it, it doesn't sound great you can definitely hear the age in his voice there it's weaker yeah um which is I why i think the first time yeah did use voice modulation for like obi-wan because it sounds way stronger it does yeah it sounds way better. even though he'd be like six years older at the time mm-hmm. um yeah that's the that's the last thing the movie is great holy cow yeah i have 10 trivia facts i wrote down um, oh baby is this like a quiz no, it's not, but it's, well, it can, I can turn it into one as we go. Cause I'll, maybe I'll fill okay. in the, the blanks as we go, but it's for the, for the listeners, you might know some of these just like behind the scenes stuff, stuff about the movie that people might not know, but you might know. So we can like, uh, can I give on you them. one trivia first that I'm yes. pretty sure you don't have written down. In fact, okay. you may have already mentioned some that I've written down. We'll see when I get there, but give me another one. This is a deep lore. Um, oh boy. I don't have this written down then. So in one of the scenes when they're in when like they're first introducing us to Sagarera's rebel base, mm-hmm. 
Um, and they're taking us through, and like we see all the shots of his rebels doing various rebel things, playing card games, cleaning their weapons, whatever. Yeah. You see a shot of a Twi'lek, which is one of the aliens with those two head tails. Mm-hmm. His name is Beezer. Beezer Fortuna. He's Bib Fortuna's cousin. Whoa! And Bib Fortuna for From, the listeners is Jabba's like right hand guy. Yeah, in the movies and the yeah. show. Whoa, that's some lore, baby. Yeah, nice. there you go. I did not have that one written down. So you got a bonus one. Good for you. Let's go. Um, the first one's obvious, but I feel it's worth mentioning because we haven't mentioned it yet that the film went under massive reshoots, um, mm-hmm. mostly in the framing of the end of the film, uh, which they attempted to like go darker, which I think is a real strong suit of the movie, which because like yeah. the whole Darth Vader scene is a reshoot that wasn't originally in the movie. Yeah. And I heard that was added very late, like because it was just like, well, we could do something really cool, but like, it clearly wasn't super important to the story to have that, but it was uh, cool as hell. Yeah. Like the ending is strong enough with like what you mentioned, the scene of, of uh, Jin and Cassian on the beach. Like if it ended there, mm-hmm. that would still be powerful, but I love that it ends like on a really dark, like badass Vader scene. Like, so, yeah, just really cool. Gareth Edwards said that he came up with the planet name for Scarif. How did, how did it happen? Do you know? I actually have no idea what's Scarif backwards. I'm trying to the- think. I have no idea if that plays into it. Rocks. No, it's uh, he was ordering coffee at a Starbucks and uh, the barista simply misspelled his name as Scareth. So he was like, (laughs) wow, that's good. Gareth Edwards and his creative team, you alluded to this, uh, discovered old film canisters while rummaging around Lucasfilm warehouses um, and old old, uh, footage from 1977 Star Wars. And this led to the inclusion of the red leader and gold leader in the movie flying around. So that's really cool. I love how that news came about because it sounds like Gareth Edwards and like the top people were like digging around as opposed to like three PAs who were underpaid. For <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like 3 a.m. and like the, the dirty shelves of Lucasfilm. I have like just some casting um, what ifs that could have happened. I don't know if Ooh. you know about these. Are these real? These are or real. Like, oh, OK. Um, I have three listed that I found for Jin. Do you know any of them? Felicity Jones, I know for sure. Mm-hmm. She was considered for sure. Okay, the first one was uh, She-Hulk herself. Tatiana Maslany was considered oh. for the role, which I think could have been fun. Um, and then, Davey, both Mara sisters were considered, both Kate and Wow. Mm-hmm. And I could kind of see the Rooney, I think. I think that could have worked. Yeah. I don't know about Kate, but um, Rooney. Which is the one worked. in House of Cards? That's Kate. Okay. Rooney's like girl with dragon tattoos. Yes. Network. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she could have been good. And Kate Mara also Susan Storm, of course, and fan fantastic. So the greatest superhero movie of our generation. Of course. I think that actually that happened this same year. So maybe that's why she turned down the role. That's a tough look. Oh, um, dang. Big oof there. Um, Cassian. I found one um, casting that it could have been Aaron Paul for Cassian Andor. I'm happy with Diego Luna. I'm, <laughs> I am. No well. offense to Aaron. Um, I like Breaking Bad and uh, a lot, yeah. actually, but much better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then the final one I found. This wait, one wait. Probably did Aaron know. Paul drop out for Fast and Furious? Uh, no. Is he in the, they, oh, the did, Need for Speed movie? Oh, mean? the Need for Speed <laughs> movie. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, Dang it. The joke fell flat. That's all right. We, we got there. Um, and then the final one you might have known for Chirrut instead of Donnie Yen, who they approached first. Sylvester Stallone. That would have been incredible. Uh, <laughs> no, Jet Li, they considered. Oh, uh, yeah. So similar vein. I think he was just unavailable. Maybe he was filming I have, uh, something. 
I have one more actually that I just remembered. Oh, hit me. So there was a future there was a future Star Wars films panel at a celebration, and they were going to talk about um, Rogue One and the Boba Fett movie Josh Trank was doing. But Josh Trank, they kicked him out literally like days. But he was, I think, he was in the city where the convention was being placed, and they just told him not to come. <laughs> they fired him because of fan fantastic and whatnot. Tough. But they showed a small teaser for Rogue One that ended up being used not in Rogue One but in Solo, in the final shot where you see Solo flying to the planet to win the Millennium Falcon, to play Lando for the Millennium Falcon. Uh-huh. Whoa. So the, the planet that Lando's playing on in the final is the same planet they use in that small tier. Wow. That's random. That's really yeah. weird. Um, I guess they had the footage. They're like, let's use this. It. Ron Howard was I like, they, I don't want to film anymore. Took the Death Star and the TIE Fighters out, and we're like, this looks jungly in a place Lando would like to hang out and drink. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen, Davey. Uh, yes. Be- became the, he's in this film. Did you know? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Crazy. Have you seen he- another round? Yeah. Great ending sequence. Someone dies in that movie. Um, yeah. uh, he's the first major credited actor to appear in both a Star Wars movie, a James Bond movie, and an MCU movie. Um, this record was later matched by, can you guess the actor that has been in all three of these franchises as well? Oh, James Bond as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the tough one. That's the tough one. Daniel Craig. Oh, Daniel Craig. He oh, was I in guess. Star Wars and Marvel. No, he wasn't in Marvel. Yeah, he almost, he's almost there. Um, it's actually Benicio Del Toro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He plays a baddie in one of the Pierce Brosnan. Oh, no, I think it's a Timothy Dalton one, actually. Bond. Um, Guardians, obviously, and Last Jedi. Yeah. So, good fun, him. fun, fun. Matt Mickelson also, along with that, he's in Harry Potter too. Yeah, he's so got he's it. In, he's got it all going for it. him. Good for him. Um, even though those movies are something. Um, yeah. Michael Giacchino, Davey. Oh my gosh, so good. His my score God. was so good. Yeah, we didn't even mention that, but the score is beautiful. Um, and not a John Williams score. Like he, there's some John Williams isms in there, but yeah. it's all an original score. Um, is the only composer to have composed film scores for both Star Wars and Star Trek franchises. So how about that? I assume he did one of the JJ's. Yeah, he did. He composed the music for all of JJ's Star Trek movies. Oh, nice. It's really good music too. Mm -hmm. Um, Fun fact, I think he composed the Rogue One soundtrack in something like two weeks. That's wild. Because did they fire somebody or? I actually don't remember, but I just remember reading the fact that like, he was given in like it had like he just had a couple weeks to do it, and so he did it. He was like, "Hold my beer, I'm in. I'll do this. Good for him. Very fun, honey. I'm doing a Star Wars. Don't call me." Jin's father, Galen, played by Mads Mikkelsen, is modeled after who? Davy, do you know? It's modeled after. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. Christopher Nolan's making a movie about him. Oh, um, Einstein. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Oppenheimer. Yeah, modeled after J. Robert Oppenheimer, father of the atomic bomb. Both men share the same guilt factor to become an agent of death for building a weapon of mass destruction. All right. Very nice. Yeah, but what did Oppenheimer do about it? Eat your heart out, Oppenheimer. Gaylor will save the galaxy. Take that. Maybe maybe it'll be an alternate history, like Nolan old. Robert Oppenheimer will be like a savior. There's a small hole in the atomic bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot it. It'll blow up. Oh, a kid can dream. Um, so, uh, I have three more for you. Uh, the space battle features blue squadron of X-Wings as well as red squadron and gold squadron, which we already know. 
Um, but Blue Squadron was supposed to be in the original film. Did you know that? Maybe. I don't remember. Well, here's why. I can tell you why. Because the blue color on the fighters created issues with the blue screen technology at the time. So they could not use the blue fighters. So it yeah, just changed to red. So I thought that was cute and fun and flirty. In earlier versions of the script, Lyra Urso, which is Jin's mom, was a Jedi. Ooh. Mm, I know. This was abandoned in later versions. I think rightfully so. Good idea. Because yeah. they wanted to explore the lives of normal people, which I think is awesome. And an aspect that Star Wars sometimes doesn't do all the time. So I like that a lot. During the lead up to the release, which coincided with the aftermath of uh, the Republicans, Trump winning the presidency, of course. Man. Um, writers, uh, Chris Weitz and uh, John Witta, or Wita, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Gary. Gary. What did I say? John. John. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a good guess. You got John um, Williams on the mind. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, they were criticized for making political comparisons with the film. Um, and this culminated in a call for a boycott from the alt-right. So I thought that was fun. Oh, <laughs> Well, you know, fine, good. <laughs> That's fine. You don't need to see the movie. Although um, I don't know how, like, I don't know at what point if they were writing it in the build and we're like, we could put these in about like fascists. But <laughs> I love when a film people do that. I remember in retrospect, yeah, in in retrospect, because didn't one of the Russos do that about like saying one of their films was about like the Trump administration, even though it was filmed or like written like after? Yeah, I think that was Cherry. I think that was the Tom Holland movie um yeah it's just i just love, love when they do them after also the alt-right can boycott every movie if they want yeah they that's fine that. go watch your daily wire films if you want just stick with what you know we got um, a terror on the prairie <laughs> so excited for that film maybe we'll cover that maybe someone will choose to talk it's about out. that movie for bonus content exciting i won't watch it no, same. Um, okay do you have any other facts i didn't mention uh, that you feel not should... that I know of. Um, a fun okay. fact I really liked this movie. Um, a fun fact I should have added that one. I'll tab that. Yeah, in thank you for number 12. If you could put there. that on the, the IMDb trivia page, <laughs> Davey Willen enjoys this film. Oh. Um, wonderful. Um, I'm gonna move on to box office. Um, this is uh, just uh, going through how this performed at the box office. Pretty good, Davey. Actually, turns out what I know. Um, do you know what at the domestic box office for 2016, what number film this was in terms of grossing? I mean, top five for sure. Uh, top correct. three for sure. You are correct. Number two. You nailed it. Attaboy. Uh, do you know the number one grossing film of 2016 at the domestic box office? Was it, was that Age of Ultron? No, it was Finding Dory. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, but it made more than Captain America Civil War, which is number three. So huh. fun fact, I didn't enjoy finding Dory as much as Rogue One. Hey, nor did I. Um, it made four hundred and eight million dollars domestically. It is number 40 on the all time worldwide box office. It made a billion dollars. Wow. Worldwide box office. Good it, is for a, it. it is above 2019 Aladdin, which is wild and below 1994's The Lion King. So James Earl Jones. and below uh, Avatar. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'll add that to the IMDb trivia as well. Um, so yeah, that's the box office. Wild year at the box office, 2016. Award season, Davey. So uh, the Oscars, Davey. Usually some movies we've done on this, uh, not a lot of Oscar nominations for some films. Weird. I know, but this is the this one. Nominated for sound mixing and visual effects. Yep. Um, lost to Hacksaw Ridge for sound mixing. Agree, disagree. 
haven't seen Hexar Ridge, so I disagree. Cool. And uh, lost to The Jungle Book. 2016's The Jungle Book. Agree? I disagree? have seen that a long time ago. Uh, 2016, actually. Uh, disagree. <laughs> yeah, I think it should have won for visual effects. It's gorgeous. It should have won for cinematography, truthfully. It should have been nominated, yeah. I think. And my favorite, uh, Felicity Jones nominated for favorite butt kicker at the Kids' Choice Awards. Just thought I'd throw that. Oh, baby. I know. Who won? Chris Evans won. Uh, the elevator uh, scene in Civil War. Oh, that's not Civil <laughs> that's War. That's when a soldier. Soldier. That's well, right. it carries over. Yeah, it's true. It's a deleted scene in Civil War. They just put it threw it back <laughs> in. Sequel, Davey. I have asked this question about all the movies in this section. This one's complicated because obviously there are sequels in the form yes. of, and this is obviously a prequel. So my question usually is, should there be one? Should there not have been one? I think there probably should have been one. Yeah, I like Star Wars, but I do think not necessarily a sequel, but a follow-up I'm excited for. I'm excited for Andor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, honestly, it is an, it is another prequel. It's a prequel to a prequel, but I am excited to for the follow-up. Not that I. I will say that it's needed necessarily, Mm-hmm. But um, it looks really good, and I, I trust the Gilroys. Yeah, me as well. Is it just Tony? Is Dan Gilroy involved too? I don't know. One of them, one of the brothers besides Tony, is writing some episodes. Oh, okay. Dan would be his brother. So, um, fun. I don't know. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this. I think it might be the best Disney Plus show. Period. They put mm. out not I not just like Disney it. Plus Star Wars. It's going to be, I'm saying better than Star Wars, better than Marvel, better than High School Musical, the musical, the series. Well, shut your mouth. Sorry. You watch yourself. I've but I guess one season time will that. tell. Yes, same. Mm-hmm. Not even the Christmas special. Nope. Because I watched this first season with you in the in the college house. So <laughs> I haven't returned to it since. We'll get back on that someday. Oh, yeah, um, we will. Amazing. That's, yeah, my, that's my next one. That's my next episode of this is season two. <laughs> High School Musical, the musical, the series. That'll be the longest titled episode of the podcast ever. Um, Gosh, I can't wait. If I asked you to remove a character from this movie, who would you remove? Whether they're like useless or whether you just think like, uh, we couldn't uh, fill this void with something else. Uh, who would you remove? Would you remove mm-hmm. somebody? This is such a minor character. I'd probably remove Leia. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the, the right answer. I think At it could have At least from the front. Like if they had walked into a room and she had been facing something and standing there, that would have yeah. been fine. But I don't think we needed to see her mm-hmm. like that was, fully on. Yeah, that was kind of my answer too. I don't think we need her. Um, I don't know how you feel about the cameos of like R2 and 3PO and like the 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 weirdos from the bar. Um, the weirdos from the bar I could do without. I enjoyed R2 and 3PO. Yeah, I do like that. The, the R2 and 3PO can stay. But yeah, the weirdos are like, you just watch yourself. Just a little winky wink. Ah. Uh, also, as I push my fake glasses up to my nose, mm-hmm. for the Rebels fans out there, you can see Chopper rolling in the background for a shot, and you can mm-hmm. hear them call General Sindula. Oh, uh, yeah. I do remember Although that. she's not seen in the movie. Davey, if I asked you to add a character to the movie, it doesn't have to be from Star Wars, just like any oh, other... just add any character. Any character from any film that you could throw in here just for mischief or actually play an effective role in the film. Is there one that you would add to the film? Indiana Jones is a good thief. That would be fun. Joins I just the team. was thinking. I was just thinking about it because they did their big D twenty three presentation and mm-hmm. Indy was up there. Um, so I'm like, Indiana Jones would be a fun thief, and he has a, a fun personality to add to the mix, some levity. 
That's fun. I like that. I uh I want to add Wally in here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just th- just throw him in there. Just have him be part of the crew and then he dies with like K2SO. And Did you see the uh, big Wally news recently too? Criterion collection Very, baby. The first Pixar movie. That's pretty wild. That Pixar movie hasn't made it, but very exciting. That's a good one to add. I love it. It is. Always well, great. Um, does he come with Eve in your idea? In your dream, does he come with Eve? No. Maybe that, mm. he has a tragic backstory where Eve was taken by the Empire or something. And Oh, no. Yeah. I'm really building <laughs> this out. <laughs> wow. And then we get a Wally spinoff series um, in the Star Wars universe. Could happen. I like it. I'm into it. Um, Davey, the Bechtel test. Uh, you familiar with the Bechtel test? Yes, I am. Yes, just for the listeners, uh, if two women are in the film talking about something other than a man, the movie passes the Bechtel test. Davey can proudly say this passes the Bechtel test. Yes, barely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does. Mon Mothma and Jin just chatting about the rebellion, and that's about it. So they do unless it. You gender, unless you gender the rebellion as a boy, then it Whoa. doesn't. We got deep here. That's deep lore right there, brother. The Rick Dalton meme test, Davey. Uh, do they say the title of the movie? Yes, they do. I was it's... very excited. Yes, Rogue, uh, Rogue One, Rogue One. Yeah, it's good stuff. It happens at one hour and twenty-two minutes, with fifty-four minutes to go in the movie. Wow. Now, I like to ask if they say it, are you still watching the movie after they say it? Because I like to picture. I left. Like, once you say the title of the movie, then the movie ends. Like, would it still? Would it hold yeah. up? But obviously, you miss like the best fifty-four minutes of the movie. If you the look. movie wouldn't hold you could end it there and just be like and then you could end it with like one of those black screens with text being like and the rebels went to scarif and won <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrible but it could happen and i would have put it the rebels will return in rogue one two, <laughs> one, two. yeah um amazing okay davy my favorite part of the episodes quote from the movie you'd put on your tombstone uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say serious or funny so that can be a uh that was my one. funny one. Okay. Um, a serious one would be, I am one with the force and the force is with me. Yeah, that's a good one. That's really good. Um, I have a bunch written down just for fun. Um, I love you, Stardust. Uh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, rebellions are built on hope, of course. That's a good one. Um, I'm the force, the force is with me. Uh, <laughs> this one I thought was funny, just uh, from the perspective of me dead in a coffin. Um, there's a problem. There's no horizon thought that would be fun <laughs> um, that's a great one yeah be careful not to choke on your aspirations director Ooh, i like that oh, deeper one very deep um i can survive in space <laughs> and then uh make 10 men feel like a hundred that's a great one. is the surviving in space one for when you die aboard like a blue origin flight <laughs> yes i'm going on a flight with jeff bezos and uh that'll be so exciting for you (laughs) yeah thank you this is actually me announcing that to the people that i won't be on the podcast for a while because i'll be in space with jeffrey bezos how long do you think these flights are carter (laughs) i don't know (laughs) a couple weeks right just a week Mm, yeah Yeah. sure yeah okay um yeah i think that's all i think that's all i got um save the rebellion save the dream that's a good one too yeah um yeah good stuff hope it just says hope on my tombstone that's cute yeah, look for the forest and you will always find it. Kind of cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. One fighter with a sharp stick and nothing to lose will win the day. That's a good one, too. What about this? Are we blind? 
deploy the garrison. <laughs> That's a great scene. Uh, it is. Ben just like again, like, are we blind? That's a good one. He's um, so hammy. It's perfect. He's good. He he just really is doing well. I love it. Um, anything we missed, Davy? Anything we failed to mention? You no. Deserves the light of day. Uh, I want to put a spotlight on Michael Giacchino's score again because it was really great. Absolutely. Um, but no, it was great movie. Great ingredients. Papa Gins. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Strong finish. Um, really great movie. I really, I, I'm jealous that you got to see it in IMAX. I'm sure that was super lit and super fun. If it's um, still playing, I would recommend go seeing it. I don't know. It's probably not playing by the time this airs, but I'm speaking directly to Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, listeners. I'm going to go see it in IMAX. Oh, I was going to say, it's probably my... It's top three Disney movie. Not not all-time Disney Star Wars movie. Gotcha. Oh, this is good, because I was going to transition into List is Life, so we can talk about like oh, yes. where it might sit for you. The List is an absolute good. The List is life. Um... So in dis- in terms of Disney movies, top three you said. In terms, in terms of Disney Star Wars. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Not just all time Disney movies. I, I don't. That, that would I, be a vast a, list to sift through. That would be a big list, and I don't yeah. know if I tend to, in my list to keep Star Wars separately because they're personal to me, and I can't judge them like fairly. Yeah. Um. So, but top three Disney Star Wars for sure. Amazing. I love that for you. Um. Yeah, for me, I have Rogue One on my list, Davey. The list is like mm-hmm. 135. Wow, so, that's high praise. Uh-huh, it really is. I think I just have it below. I think I have it below the OG trilogy. Actually, let me let me do a quick Google search for you. Not Google search. I don't have my list published on Google, <laughs> believe it or not. You should, though. I that really should, should be knowledge that people have access to. Really should. Um. Yeah, I have it fourth in terms of my... Um, can I can I guess the the top four? You may. The OG trilogy and the Last Jedi. Uh no, actually. It's oh. uh well, it's the OG trilogy and Rogue One are my tops. Oh, top yours one. is fourth, not yeah, fifth. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually have maybe it's just nostalgia, but I have Revenge of the Sith fifth, and then it's Last. Jedi. Oh yeah, yeah. Which can I, I tell you my controversial? Oh, I have a controversial opinion about Episode Six. Hit me. Some parts drag, and so that's maybe bottom two or three on my list. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. I, I will it. say it used to be my favorite, but then you but it, it turned it twelve. Has my least favorite scene in all of Star Wars, which is the the musical number in Jabba's castle. Well, oh yeah, well yeah, the re-release. And that's uh, coincidentally my favorite scene in all of Star Wars. So, yeah. to burst your bubble. So. Tremendous stuff. Part of me, part of me knows you're lying, but part of me also just really <laughs> wants to believe. Hey, I'll let the listeners believe what they want to believe. Go check out that scene. Tell me it doesn't hold up because it doesn't. When you see um, the spit flying off that guy's mouth, you know it's real. Ooh, man, it puts me right in the theater. I wish it were 4D. You know, I could spit on you. That's fine. Well, that's, I feel like that's a good note to end the podcast <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> um, Davy, um, I can officially say. You are officially a retro specter, Davey. We did it. Uh, this is genuinely probably the greatest title of that I've earned in my life. Put it on your resume. Put it on your Tinder profile, as you mentioned, for your honeys. And uh, it's, it's, it's great stuff. We did it. Welcome to the spectral realm, brother. Let's go. Uh, what is the spectral realm? Can you 
describe um, that to me at all. It is a realm of people that just talked about their favorite movies. And to me, now they can die a happy person for having voiced Let's their- uh... go. So now to me, you're dead. So yeah. One day. But we float around in the realm together, brother. We're in a whole and other Carter, sphere. Yeah. When I die, you mm-hmm. can have them put a great quote on my tombstone that we just talked about. Are we blind? Blind? The garrison. <laughs> um, Davey, thank you for joining me today on this bonus content. Really a pleasure. I'm excited to chat Rogue One with you. It was a blast. Thank you for having me again. Uh, I agree. Same sentiments. It was a blast. Have me again soon. Will do. Will do. Um, listeners, thanks for listening to our bonus content, and we'll see you on Friday. Woo-hoo.